Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of our podcast, Is Breakfast Included? Today on the show, I sit down, or really, I didn't sit there. I sat down, he was sitting, but I talked to Ricky Rackman. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he was the co-owner of the world-famous Cat House in Los Angeles, California. He was also the host of quite possibly the greatest show in MTV's history, Headbangers Ball. My opinion, don't argue with me. Um, But he currently just finished five sold-out nights of his one-man spoken word tour, One Foot in the Gutter, which is We talked about that a lot and his ideas for it and where he'd like to see it go. And I think it'd be really cool. And I think he will do it. Um, At one point, Ricky got a little defensive of something I said, but we worked through it. You'll have to check it out. But um, I did ask him about his short stint in WCW, which we talked about. And we both agreed he would have been an amazing heel. Anyway, Ricky was a great guy. I really appreciate him giving me the time he did um, because he had just got off tour and he's really tired. But anyway, let's check it out. How does, how was the tour? The tour was uh, better than I could have dreamed of. I mean, every show was packed. A couple of them were sold out. And uh, it was tiring because it was five shows in five days. Yeah. And I'd yeah. never done anything like that. And, it, you know, it was, it was do the show, get to the hotel, be in the van at six o'clock in the morning, drive all day, sound check, do the show. But it was still a lot of fun. And I'm really hoping to do this uh, more in 2023. Right on, man. Well, thank you for doing this. So, uh, man, we're just going to have a conversation. I've got a few questions for you. We'll talk about the tour, of course. Um, I figure, I don't know how tired you are talking about the cat house, but um, there's some questions I have for you, being a fan of yours for all this time. Uh, So, you ready to start? Yes, sir, I am. All right, brother. Tell me, tell everyone who you are. My name is Ricky Rackman. I do a lot of stuff. You do do a lot of stuff, man. Uh, you and uh, Tammy Down were founders, opened the Cat House back in the 80s, right? Yeah, 1986, Tammy and I created the Cat House, and I kind of took it over about 1987, early 88. So you, uh, when did you relaunch the website for the merch and so forth? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, because obviously if you go to the website, you can tell that it's made by somebody that knows nothing about it doesn't work. And it's probably the same website that I've used forever. And I do it myself and I have to actually go online and change it. Cause there's a lot of changes that we've made, but uh-huh. we started selling the merchandise and I've always kept it very low key. Like I didn't want to have cat out shirts in stores because the people that wear them are usually like, you know, like, you know, last time GNR played Slash was wearing a cat out shirt. And there's a lot of people that are currently wearing them. And if and if if we made cat out shirts available at Walmart or Target, pretty soon there's no cool factor in wearing them anymore. So the only place you could get them is get them from me. And because that, you know, every time I go to a show, I see a lot of cat house shirts. Um, and it's just it's very flattering to see that that brand, which I've always stayed, you know, I've always kept my claws into and made sure that nobody else, that we don't sell out the brand and make good stuff at good prices. And because of that, the company still, I mean, I'm in, I'm in an office right now that there's two offices and all we do is send out cat house stuff and cat house coffee and, and all that other stuff. So that it's nice to keep it going that long. Yeah. Well, uh, I had, I never made it to the club when I was younger, but as soon as I saw I could get a shirt, I immediately ordered one. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's good because I mean, the club, the club is a big part of rock and roll history. You know, you, you read any of these autobiographies about rock and roll and bands of the eighties and nineties, they all mention the cat house, but the only way to get a shirt was to have gone to the club. And now that it was so long ago that the club was open, people want these shirts and they see like, you know, the character that played Tommy Lee wearing cat house stuff throughout all of Pam and Tommy. So they want to get yeah. this stuff. And the only way to get it is through me. So it's nice. Right on. Um, you went from that to getting a gig with MTV. Uh, was was that your plan? Had you ever done anything like that? No. Did, was it was it a natural fit for you to just, you know? No, absolutely not. I mean, I didn't go to school to take broadcasting. I'd never been on TV before. And it wasn't a natural fit. And it didn't feel comfortable. And if you look at some of the early episodes, it's quite obvious. You know, I I struggled. This was, you know, brand new to me. I didn't have any experience and it just kind of happened. And I just kind of found a way to hopefully eventually get comfortable and then just keep on progressing from there to more and more stuff. And then doing MTV obviously helped the cat house. And because I did MTV for five years, then I was able to get into radio and stuff like that. Um, man, like I said, I was a teenager when you, when you were doing all this and as long before the internet, man, we found out about bands through you. Uh, you know, you interviewed, I, I'm originally from Texas, so you interviewed uh, Pantera uh, when they were just coming up. Uh, what was your, at the time, you being, you know, you you were synonymous with the glam era, but you kind of fit in everything. Who, was, who were the bands you loved back then? Um, I don't really think synonymous with the glam era is very accurate for people. You know, people like to think because the Cat House did have Faster Pussycat and bands like that played. But we also had Exodus, Body Count, Suicidal Tendencies, Corrosion of Conformity, Megadeth. I mean, uh -huh. so for people, so, and I've never thought of myself as being synonymous with the glam era. But when people think the 80s, they tend to think that a little bit. And Cat House, you know, it was. I mean, we had a lot of those bands and people did dress up. And I love that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've always been into all types of music. And I think the Cat House... You know, the the first band, I mean, I don't know, some people say Guns N' Roses is a hair metal band, if that's what you say. I say Guns N' Roses is a rock and roll band, you know. Yeah, Motor yeah. played the Cat House more times than Faster Pussycat, but I wouldn't call Motor Motorhead glam or hair metal. Definitely um, not. <laughs> but yet we still did have, you know, still, you know, back in the day, we all had big hair and we all dressed funny but it was fun that was the way it was back then yeah. and um and you know i think as as far as people like to think that type of music with that era yeah we were in the epicenter of it without a doubt yeah uh when that that ran through 95 your headbangers ball show it ran through 95 what did you do after that um, after 95, I was doing talk radio. I hosted a show called Love Line for a while. And then I went from that to talk radio. And I was doing a show called Ricky Rackman Radio. And then eventually I worked with wrestling for a little bit. But for 19 years, I was working very much in motorsports, primarily NASCAR. And I still work for Fox Sports doing flat track racing. So, um, I went more into motorsports than working with rock and roll, but it wasn't like I, I quit rock and roll to work in racing. I love racing, 
Uh It was just, there weren't really any jobs for me. So I just decided, okay, I'm, you know, to work in racing and then slowly kind of, you know, it's like, you know, most of the people that go to heavy metal shows don't work in heavy metal. That doesn't mean they're not in metal. It just means they have jobs. My job was motorsport. Yeah. Um, You just mentioned the the wrestling gig, being a wrestling fan myself. Were you a fan of wrestling when you started working for WCW? Bernie, huge wrestling fan, but I hated my job there because they (laughs) didn't let me do anything. They didn't let... All I would do is like, oh, and it's spring break. Don't forget to use tough actants and actin. And I hated what I did there, but I got to go to wrestling. You know, I got to go to Monday Nitro every week. And um, and I got to go to wrestling events and meet all those guys and and become friends with all of them. And that was, I mean, you know, you know, I didn't get to do like I wanted to be a wrestling manager. I thought that would have been yeah. the coolest thing to be. And I didn't get to do that. So I didn't really get to do anything that I really wanted to in WCW. But I mean, I shared a dressing room with Bobby the you know, once a week cool and hanging with wrestlers and just hearing all the stories and you know i'm riding limos with rick flair and and it, <laughs> it, it, it was just it was awesome and i'm still right a on. huge wrestling fan still a huge wrestling fan yeah that was awesome for me when I, I i was a big wrestling fan i still am i don't watch it as much as i used to but when i saw you i was like holy shit <laughs> uh, yeah that was man. a fun gig i mean I, I wish i got to do more but it was fun because it meant that you know Every week I was at wrestling events, and that's kind of good. And getting paid to be at Monday Nitro every Monday. Yeah, I I could actually see you as a wrestling manager coming out and holding the guy's legs down while he was being pinned. Yeah, <laughs> I see you more as a heel manager. Maybe though, one day. <laughs> oh yes, I'd have to be. I can't be. I can't be a baby face. I can't yeah. be a good guy. Got to be a heel because I'm I'm somebody that's real easy to hate. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on man. Well, the reason I contacted you was about this tour you just did—the one foot in the gutter tour. Uh, you just finished five straight days, like you did it in a van. Uh, you went out, you told some stories. How was that? It was the best. I want to. I wish I was out again. Um, you know, I go up on stage, and I think people are very surprised what the show is because it is me telling stories, but it's a lot more, and there's some multimedia stuff and some parts that are not a play but like right take you into my room and go through music when i was a kid and and how these things shape my life and uh, the show got incredible reviews um and it's it it was it did really really well and uh I'm, i'm hoping to do more soon right on did you uh do you plan on on making it a a regular thing like you know like a this a is what my tour my what my goal is, is I'd like to get out and do, I'd say like maybe 30 or 40 more shows, mm-hmm. then write write it into a book, and then do one more show live from Hollywood, not live, but do it in Hollywood and film the whole thing and get multi-camera shoot and everything and make it into a, like a Netflix special or something like that. And then begin writing on my second show, which would be One Fist in the Gold. Right on, man. Uh, how comfortable were you getting up there and talking to? I mean, you you you're a personality, man. Like I'm sure over the years you've gotten comfortable behind the camera, front of the camera with a mic in your hand. When I started this, I didn't know that I had to talk into a fucking mic. You know, right. when I started this podcast. Uh, but how comfortable were you getting in front of a live crowd of people who were there to see you, 
and who I were think just kept. At first, it, I mean, every show, I'm not going to lie, I'm nervous every time I walk on that stage because I'm spilling my guts. I'm telling everybody really, really personal stuff. But um, it, it, it was it was great. And it was it was nerve. I was nervous. And, you know, you don't know because you're going out there and you're just you're giving them all. There's no band. It's just me going out there and sharing with people. And the and, you know, there are times when it's hilarious and there's time when it's kind of sad. And, you know, to me, the times when I'm telling some serious stuff and there's crazy rock club and 500 people there and I'm talking to them and it's silent and everybody's and I'm like, wow, everybody's really listening. And that is that means everything to me. And the great thing is I got to meet so many people before and after the show. And the people were all so like every show I went to, I made friends and every show I went to was so much fun. And I loved being on stage. I love doing that. I like doing that than more than anything I've ever done in my entire career, more than anything, more than headbangers, more than racing, more than radio, more than cat house, more than anything. I love being on that stage and one foot in the gutter. Yeah. Was that, was that, was the whole concept your idea or was that absolutely uh, after people, you know, asking you like, Hey, you should do this. You should do that. And you're finally like, Hey, I'm going to go out and do it. Um, you know, everybody's been asking if I was going to write a book and I was like, I'm lazy. What if I just go up and tell the people the book? I'll just tell it to their faces, but didn't know how it would go. Like, you don't know, like, you know, when we pull into some of these towns that are small and it's snowing, I'm like, is anybody even going to show up? And, and you get on stage and you look at all these people and you're like, wow, these people showed up for my show. You know, it was very, very flattering. Yeah. I know after that first, uh, you did your first show and then you did a social media post like, Hey, don't ruin it for the, the other, for the next shows. Is there anything you could tell us today, man? Like a short story or something like that? Or you want to just save it for it, the, the road? The show is everything. I mean, I'm going to come to your town eventually. And uh, it's, it was just, it's everything from cat house to headbangers to sex, drugs, raunch and roll to rags, to riches, to rags, to riches, to rags. Again, it just goes back and forth. I'm not, there's a lot of things that I say that are very embarrassing. There's a lot of things that are, are, are hilarious and without, without knowing they're funny until I say them. And sometimes the show changes on shows. I also have a lot of videos and photos that people have never seen. So it's, yeah. it's, it's an, it's, it's a blast. It's just a blast. Right long. How long did it take you to prep all that before you went out? Like, was it months, weeks? what should have been but i wasn't i just did it before. <laughs> i mean i i just wait to the very very last minute and They're like let's put this together but, yeah and it was more like you know you're going out on tour uh in three days and so i'm you know forcing everything and and now at least you know even though i i don't know when the next dates are going to be i'm assuming ending of march april may hopefully but i'll i'm going to start working now on the new shows just to make everything even better because this is really, I want the, I mean, the shows are great, but I want them to be even better. Right on. Did you know at an early age, your whole life was going to be rock and roll, man? No, I know I wanted it to be. I mean, I love rock and roll. I always did. And I kind of, I mean, I was a bad student and all these other things. And I kind of had a feeling that, that things would be in this field because that's what I love. But uh, I sure didn't, I didn't expect to be, you know, where I am now. And I'm so grateful. And, and, you know, to be at this stage of my career and to be in the best place that I've ever been now, 
you know, like I want to go back out on tour. I've got coffee company. I've got t-shirts. I've got, you know, I've got, you know, everything. I'm very, very happy. Right on. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I work as a tech and I've, I've, I run into people that I've never heard a bad story about you, man. And just talking to you right now. Oh, then like- you're asking the wrong people <laughs> because there's a whole, because believe me, there's a whole lot of people out there that can say bad things. The truth is if anybody's bet, met me, I'm, I'm as honest and, and real for, for better, for worse. There's a lot of haters out there that don't know me that, that, that have a preconception of what I am because of what they saw on TV. And, uh, and that's fine. You know, the thing is, you know, when somebody writes you and and calls you, Oh, you're nobody. And a has been, I'm like, dude, you're writing to me. My show has been off the air for 20 years. And you're saying that I'm a nobody and a has been yet. I'm still in your space. So you're still talking to me after 20 years. I mean, I treat everybody the way I want to be treated. I I never say the word fans. I always try to think that people are on the same level as I am because I'm a rock fan and the people that I meet are the same way. And, um, you know, I'm just, I am as I am, you know, that sometimes you get people that think you should only listen to one genre and I've never listened to only one genre. You know, I can listen to Cinderella as much as I listen to Amana Marth. I like all different types of rock and roll. Are you a country fan at all? Old country, Waylon, Willie, Johnny, stuff like that. And I love everything that Shooter Jennings does. Shooter's my friend. I'm a big Shooter Jennings fan. Yeah. Shooter's cool. Shooter's cool. Uh, Man, how I'll ask you this question. It's it's out of left field. Um, how do you feel about this Pantera reunion? I say it because you know I'm a huge Pantera fan. Of course, that's you know it was a big deal when they did your show for us, the, who grew up listening to them and who who saw them come up. It was a big deal when I, you, know, you had them on your show. I like the idea because. There's going to be a lot of kids that never got to see Pantera that are going to see them. And every kid that goes to see Pantera is going to be thinking of Diamond Vinny and they're going to be buying all the records. And that's great for Diamond Vinny and it's Vinny and it's going to make this whole generation see how awesome this music is. Now, Rex got sick and now they're doing the show and Phil's the only person in the band. All of a sudden. I like that just is that just like I wish they could kind of cancel it and wait for Rex, but I know you can't. And there's a lot of money that's lost when shows get canceled. So all of a sudden with only film the band, I'm like, eh. but you couldn't pick anybody better than Zach and Charlie. I mean, yeah. am, am I going to go to one show of Pantera? No, I'm going to go to probably four. I'm going to see as many as I can because their music is great. They've got great guys and it's a shame they didn't do it with Diamond Vin, but they're that's just not going to happen. And what is going to happen is a lot of kids are going to see Pantera and really, really like them. Right on, man. I feel the same way. Like I've watched the footage. Uh, um, I'm hoping to see him next year sometime on the Metallica tour. You know, personally, that's, that's you know, two birds, one stone for me in the same night. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you're planning on doing this one foot in the gutter again. Is Is there any plans to do like – I guess kind of what Tyson did, you know, Tyson was doing his spoken word thing and then did it on Broadway and it was hugely successful. Like I haven't heard any of these stories from you, man, but you've got a fucking interesting life. You know, I think it would, you know, have you thought about that at all? Or you just want to keep doing that? It would be really cool. I'd love to take my show and make it into more of a me telling the stories and have, you know, live music and make it like a Vegas show where I had a residency. I mean, if somebody said, Hey, would you be interested in, in, turning this into a, I mean, 
That's the most flattering thing anybody could ever say. If I did a show where it was more of a, a like what Tyson did, you know, there's there's people that I look to that that what they've done in this in this genre and my show is a little bit different than it's different than anybody's but yeah, yeah that would be something i would love to do L- would love to do yeah i think it would go over well with this kind of stories you tell you know like i said you've, you've lived a hell interesting life um where can people find you online man uh i'm on all social media including tiktok all everything is under my name ricky rackman r-i-k-i-r-a-c-h-t-m-a-n and you can find all the stuff that i do and sell at cathousehollywood.com right on uh my podcast is called is breakfast included and if it was included what would you have you know it doesn't make sense the more money you spend for a hotel the less chance there is of having breakfast included. When you go to like cheap hotels, you've always got that machine that makes those waffles and you've always got. So I try to do egg whites and I love grits and I love biscuits. So there you right go. On, man. And usually I think they say if it's beige, yellow and white food is not good for you. But my just got a big plate of beige, yellow and white. But I need I love me some real good Southern biscuits. You know, I agree. Well, man, I, I appreciate your time, dude. I know you're busy. I know Thank you just you got much, home man. and you want to want to get some rest. But uh, I know we had talked about, or we had talked about you maybe coming out to Atlantic City. But if we're ever in your area, fucking reach out to me, man. Dude, I love Duran Duran. <laughs> I always loved it. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God. And John Taylor's just a bad. I don't know him. But I'll yeah. bet it's just a I don't know what those guys are like, but I love Duran Duran. So definitely I will I will remember that. All right, man. Well, have a great day, dude. Thank you Thanks, so much buddy. for your time, brother. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Right on. Ricky Rackman. That was really cool. And I think we worked our way through that, him being synonymous with a glam band era. I hope we did. Um, you can find all the Cat House Hollywood merch that he was talking about at cathousehollywood.com. Ricky is on all social media, including TikTok, under Ricky Rackman. Next year, if you see his One Foot in the Gutter show coming near you, check it out. All right, guys, I am done. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week.